Hello, friend. Welcome. This is a very powerful and interesting episode. Now, you'll have an opportunity to listen to three automotive educators discuss their plans and challenges to continue their instruction online. Now, think about every educational institution in our world dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Look, we talk a lot about education on the show, and here's a first-hand view of what these college educators are going to do in spite of the shutdown of our educational institutions. That just gives us the ability to take that content that the students are making, like Kevin's proposing, I'll be honest with you, I never really took it that next step where I said, hey, let's put you guys to work and you guys share the stuff that you're doing at work with us. So uh, that might be next. That's a great idea that Kevin has there. Welcome aftermarketers to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, welcome, Carm Capriato, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast guy. Hey, thank you for listening and your ongoing encouragement to bring you trending and innovative aftermarket podcasts. Love to do it for you. Hey, here's an important message from Napa. Now, due to the evolving situation related to the coronavirus, COVID-19, including health and safety risks and travel bans for many attendees, Napa has taken precautionary steps and will be postponing the Napa Expo. We do expect to reschedule the event for a later date and will provide new dates as soon as possible. Rest assured, Team Napa is as energized and invested as ever in Napa Expo, and we look forward to hosting you at a later date. Hey, here's an important note. We've done many podcasts and CarmCasts on the COVID-19 pandemic. I collected them and put all the links on the homepage, front and center on my website, remarkableresults.biz. Please check it out. There's a lot there to help you make decisions on your short and medium range plans. Hey, I decided to pull this episode together very quickly to share these educators' challenges. You'll hear that my panel learned something from each other to consider in their need to instruct online. I'm with Kevin Holsworth, the Assistant Professor of Automotive Technology at Montana State University. Vinny Laverdi's here, Instructor Automotive Technology, State University of New York in Orchard Park, New York. And Scott Shotton, an instructor at Kishwaukee College, Malta, Illinois. He's also the owner of the Drivability Guys and also a mobile dive. Diagnostician. This episode shines light on our automotive educators and the ideas and optimism that they are creating to get students either through their semester or up for their senior graduation. Now you'll hear the brainstorming from these three educators and what they learn from each other. They are in uncharted territory and are doing with the tools that they have. So much respect goes to all educators and I recommend you share this with your friends who are instructors and educators and especially automotive tech students. Hey, my guests bios, the show notes and links to their previous episodes is at remarkableresults.biz slash E523. Hey, look, you've heard me say this before. Get involved with your local high school and college. They need your help and want your help as an advisor or supporter of their automotive programs. Listen in on an eye-opening discussion on the educator's dilemma during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hey, a warm welcome to Kevin Holsworth, automotive instructor at Montana State University slash Northern. Hello, Kev. 
Hey, good morning. He's also a graduate of, of the college, and uh, he's a mobile air conditioning specialist. Good to have you here, man. And by the way, Kevin brought me this entire idea of, uh, of getting uh, this whole online move to online because of the COVID-19 issue going on, and I think it's such a great, great topic to talk about. I want to try to release this as soon as I possibly can because I want to be able to bring to the industry the challenges that are going on, and if anyone in our industry can, can help out our community colleges... Vincent Laverde is with us, instructor of automotive technology at the State University of New York. Morning, Tom. Morning, everybody. Hey, Vin, in Orchard Park, New York. Uh, I'm uh, on the advisory panel of Vin's College. Uh, honored, honored to be part of that. And uh, if I've ever met a passionate instructor who's on the cutting edge of technology, it must be Vinny Laverde. Thanks, Thanks for being here, man. That. Scott Shotton's Thanks. here, the owner of the Drivability Guys. You've heard Scott on the podcast before. He's a mobile diet guy. Um, he does it for the local guys in his town, DeKalb, Illinois. Uh, he's been an automotive instructor at Kishwaukee College since 2009. Prior to that, as an adjunct at um, DuPage for seven years. And he's, he also is an industry trainer. Good to have you here again, Scott. Thanks, Connor. Bye, guys. Kevin says, listen, we have, a, we have a shutdown, but we have course materials to provide. We have seniors to graduate. <laughs> and when he told me that, I said, whoops, wow. I mean, what a challenge that, you know, we're all facing as, you know, as shop owners in our industry and, uh, you know, being a part of the essential needs of, of the American economy. But the challenges that, that must exist, you know, what, a month and a half and you should be graduating seniors, guys. So were you all part of this online course or was it a really big adjustment that you all had to come up with? I guess I'll start. Uh, yeah, the push was initially to just have smaller classes and then they decided, you know, we're going to do a full online only format. So really I've had to change up my whole game plan. Um, you know, obviously quizzes are common to use on, you know, the Brightspace MLS platform uh, that we use, but, you know, discussion tools, uh, some videos I've taken in the field, uh, pot, your podcast, I've got a whole list of ones that I've enjoyed over the years. Um, so it's just, it's just uh, I think, getting, using the creative and critical thinking component that maybe we haven't tapped into is what I'm going to approach because there is minimal that the kids can do um, at home, like one of the things I'm going to do just for instance is, you know, have the students do a full AC component ID on their vehicle. I've got kids that are in ag, diesel and auto. So having them go on a combine and Hey, here's the compressor. Here's the discharge line. Here's the service ports. At least that gives them a little bit of engagement on the, on the hands-on side, but they can't use gauges and machines. That's where I'm at right now is the air conditioning side. So it's been a tough adjustment. It's been a really crazy week, to say the least. Any any career tech field, automotive, we're talking about now, but same thing. You can't get that hands-on component. So my topics mainly in class are engine performance, scan tools, oscilloscopes. It's going to be hard for me to figure out, okay, go out to your car, plug in a scan tool, and look at some data if these kids don't even have a generic scan tool, right? So I'm worried about the, the lab component is going to be the hardest part to address, you know, you had mentioned a learning management system. We use Brightspace as well, but I mean, there's Blackboard, there's, there's other ones. Um, I had already been using that to some extent, but I used it for posting PowerPoints, uh, converted to PDF so they couldn't change them, uh, putting 
quizzes, homework assignments on there, the final exam, but I really used it minimally. But there's a lot of other tools there that now we're being forced to, to learn how to use. I never did group messages with my students. That's what we went to class for, right? So lectures, I, I got downloaded a free screen recorder and I'm going to sit in this room we're sitting in right now and go through my PowerPoint and record my voice over the, so they actually get the lecture. I could just upload it onto there. So there's the lecture component taken care of. More homework and quizzes put into the LMS. The final can be put in the LMS. It's the, it's the, um, the hands-on component. Is that's going to be the hardest part. And each area of automotive is going to be a little different. I like the idea of doing the component ID for an AC system. That's better than nothing, right? I could do that now, but I've got students that are in their third engine management class and we're looking at scan data to analyze misfires and scope captures to look at cam crank angle. And how do you do that in your garage? I mean, I could do it in my garage because I have all the crap, but you know, sure. your average college student doesn't. We're kind of doing something similar to Kevin and Scott. I love uh, Kevin's idea about the uh, AC component uh, identification. That's a great idea because I, I used to teach HVAC a lot. And that's one of the labs that, you know, that's kind of the beginning stages of HVAC. We're getting into that spot right now where it's getting warmer out around here at least. And this is where we would normally uh, start doing that kind of HVAC component ID stuff. So that as far as, you know, a lab component, at least you're doing something with them. Um, and we're looking at doing stuff like that too. Most of it's demo videos. Uh, there's actually two instructors uh, in the other room right now in the classroom um, doing transmission uh, demos and videos for that stuff. So uh, our tough spot right now is the same thing. We're trying to graduate seniors. That's our priority. And how can we give students the most amount of credit as possible um, and still maintain integrity of the program is, is the big thing, you know? So uh, just like Scott, I'm doing voiceover PowerPoints and some stuff like that. I'm a big advocate for Blackboard just because I think it's great that any seated course that we have, I have Blackboard stuff on there too. Um, so all my presentations are normally on there, but now I'm doing the voiceover stuff. Um, I keep it 15 minutes and do them in sections of three, four, um, and then I add videos in that section too, or demos or something like that. Um, scan tool data. That's a tough one. Like Scott said, um, one thing that I've looked into previously and then I've done, uh, there's some software out there that you could use. I don't know if I can say, can I say names? Sure. Sure. Uh, so Ed puzzle is one that you can kind of put your own video on there and put stops on, and then you could put, uh, you know, questions and stuff like that. Um, and the other one that we're currently using is Electude. I don't know if you guys uh, have mm -hmm. dabbled with that yet, but we just started using it recently. And Electude, if you go in there, I haven't done this yet, but you can build your own course and add questions to it. Uh, similar to like Blackboard format, um, except that it's more web-based training like a manufacturer would offer, which I kind of think is cool. Um, but that's that's kind of the stuff that we're doing right now that we're trying to, you know, merge the virtual with the hands-on and what can you do to really make it worthwhile to a student and, you know, in, incorporate uh, things that you normally would speak about or do with them and also maintain integrity of the program is, is our thing. Uh, Scott, Vinny, I guess I'll share one more thing that I'm doing uh, in my heating and air conditioning classes for, I've been doing it for a couple of years now as I have students fill out a generic Cordell style note-taking sheet. So they'll, and I'm doing live recorded lectures um, using WebEx. So they're recorded, they're put on there for the kids that can't see it, but 
I require them to take notes. You know, basically anything that I do or say that I think is valuable, I have them document down because then they can use it on the test. So that whole model has changed. They can still upload it. Um, but getting everybody back into this and, and really engaging in, in Brightspace or any MLS is difficult. I have, I'm, a, I'm remote. You know, this is a town of 10,000 people. The next closest city is 110 miles away. So, you know, we're, we, got, we have students that are in rural small towns that have very minimal uh, bandwidth, if you will. So, yeah, there's a lot of different approaches to this. And, and you know, we don't want to make busy work for these kids because, you know, we have Ford MLR and Subaru partnerships. So they're already submerged in all that they don't retain that quite as much as they do the hands-on. So if you guys come up with more hands-on related stuff, uh, yeah, just please share. Cause that, that Ed puzzle. Yeah. I think that's a great, a great tool. I've not used it yet, but I think that would be valuable for, especially like using the triple R machine, you know, just recovering and then pausing and having a couple of questions and then, that's good stuff. I like that. Well, I have a couple resources to share if you guys don't mind. Um, and this is why I actually called Carm earlier in the week and he invited me to, to come on this presentation. Uh, I've been getting emails, as you guys probably have, from publishers that are stepping up to the plate. And we greatly appreciate it at this, this time with what's going on. And uh, I actually contacted a handful of the ones that had contacted me and asked them if it was okay if I shared some information on this podcast for other teachers that might be listening tomorrow, the next day, whenever this, this goes, goes live. Right. So I've only got four, uh, at the moment, I'm sure there's more, but, uh, Pearson, uh, they contacted me. It's Pearson.com. And on their site, you can click find resources and they will have, uh, some resources there that you can check into electude. As you mentioned, uh, Vin, uh, electude.com. There's a free trial link. They tell me, and they say, and the email they send me, it also includes, OSHA Alliance member CCARS safety offering and vehicle specific service information from Haynes All Access and Moto Logic. Halderman Books. This one's an email. You contact uh, the guy's name is Glenn Plants. It's Glenn at jameshalderman.com. And he can set you up with free access to all their service information, their uh, training information. And the last one's a buddy of ours who's been on the show, Paul Danner, Scanner Danner. I called him and talked to him for a while because I got some information from him and he said, yeah, share it. So if you're interested in, in his premium membership for free at 60 days, 90 days, I forget what he said, uh, but you can email support at scannerdanner.com. And he told me that they're monitoring their email. So you won't have to wait for a long response. Either he or his wife will get back to you pretty quickly and set you up with a premium membership. So just some more resources. I've been snooping through them, trying to find video links to put into my LMS like you guys were talking, just some more support. And all those, all four of those are stepping up to the plate and offering something at least for free. One of them, it might even be electude. I can't swear to that. Don't quote me on that. Is is allowing student access for free as well, not just instructor access. Yeah, electude actually did that for our general students. So our program has a, a, a few different uh, uh, categories, I guess you would say. And and one of them is the general program. We call it the general automotive program. It's a two-year AAS degree. And uh, so they weren't currently using Electude yet. Um, I started to use it in my program this past semester. And uh, we're going to probably, uh, it looks like so far, and everything goes well with the next school year, uh, fall, we're going to start up Electude for everybody in the, in the whole entire program. So um, they offered it to all schools as far as, uh, to my knowledge, that uh, all schools can sign up for a student membership. 
Um, and I'll tell you, it, at first it takes a little bit to, to get used to how the operating system works, but once you understand it, it literally is dragging modules into courses that you can build yourself. Um, and you can also use their just normal courses that are already built, uh, ASE content areas, which is pretty nice. Uh, it's been working really good. Hey, it's Carm here, talking to you about what the Napa Auto Care Center program can do for your business. Now, you probably already know the Napa brand is the most recognized and trusted name in the automotive aftermarket industry. In fact, studies show that 95% of consumers recognize Napa and associate it with quality parts, service, and technical expertise. So why not complete a pro-image upgrade and take advantage of that? Pro-Image is a co-branding program for the exterior and interior of your shop. On the outside, it includes the Napa colors and distinctive Napa signage. While the public may know you as a reliable, locally-owned business, a Pro-Image upgrade helps set your shop apart from the competition even further. It's also a visual signal to customers and potential customers that you and Napa are partners. Most importantly, Pro-Image really works. This co-branding opportunity has helped Napa Auto Care Centers across the country increase their car counts and sales. In fact, those that have completed a Pro-Image project enjoy an average 23% sales increase during the first year. Pro-Image upgrades are also available for the interior of your shop. A Pro-Image interior upgrade transforms your customer waiting area from merely utilitarian to warm and welcoming. The goal is to maintain your shop's independent identity while enhancing the customer's experience. You can get a free look at what a pro-image exterior and interior upgrade could look like by visiting the Napa Auto Care members site and clicking on the Napa Pro-Image link under the Napa Pro-Image tab. Or contact your local Napa Auto Parts store. Your servicing Napa store can tell you more about pro-image plus the hundreds of other reasons to become part of the Napa Auto Care family, the largest network of independent automotive repair shops in the country. Vin, you said you're doing some voiceover on some PowerPoints. Is this for all of you, Scott, Kevin, and Vin, are you, is this the first time you're doing something like that to, to help, to help this, uh, the, you know, the, the requirements? No, I've, I've done that in the past. Uh, we actually had some hybrid courses that we offered. Um, it wasn't the lab portion of it, but the lecture seated course uh, we did a, in a hybrid format where we only met like five weeks out of 15 maybe. And so a lot of that stuff would already be on Blackboard or whatever okay. uh, you want to use for them. Um, but traditionally, I've been doing it all along. I haven't been doing the audio myself yet until now. Um, I'll convert my PowerPoints to PDF and put them up there. But there's points I make during the lecture that they kind of need to show up for the lecture to get. Yeah. And then there'll be test questions and stuff on that. So that was one of the first things I realized was going to be an issue when this whole shutdown happened, uh, that they're going to see the PowerPoint. They've always been able to, but the bullet points on the, on the slide don't have any discussion behind them. So I'm like, I got to do something here. So I could either try to do a live lecture where everyone logs into, you know, a zoom meeting like this or something. Uh, but then I got to get all the students logged in. And as I think it was, uh, one of you guys had mentioned about having poor internet access, being out, I'm kind of in the country too. So I've got some people that don't have the best internet access. How's that going to work? So if I do the lecture and record it and post it up there, then they can watch it when they need to, or they can watch it four times if they want to. And then when they go and take their test, I do my, my tests open book, open note anyway, because when you're in the shop fixing a car, you're going to have service information. 
So really, if you don't know the answer off the top of your head and you could look it up in what we talked about, I'm okay with that. Just find the right answer. So if I do the lecture and record it and put it on there, that sh- I'm hoping that's good, but we'll find out. It's better than just looking at a PowerPoint, clicking through it with no interaction at yeah. all. Yeah, I personally have not recorded any lectures yet. So I just wanted to keep the diet the same for the students, keeping to the time twice a week, at least for lecture. Uh, and their audio, it's working pretty good. You know, I got this webcam set up in a, in a classroom and, you know, I was doing refrigeration loops on Orifice Tube and TXV vehicles. So like they were able to document all that stuff and ask questions. Um, I was using it because they can speak into it. I was going to use Facebook for it, but Facebook is text only. I think that's just too clunky. So, so far so good, but you know, this is a a crazy time and you got to just adapt. Every school's doing it a little bit different. And currently I can't do what some of you guys are doing. I'm not even allowed in my school building. So I, I can't go to my office. I can't go and set up in a classroom and do a recording. I can't do any of that. We're not allowed on campus until they say otherwise. Vinny, are you breaking the rules? No, we're allowed on campus. Okay. Uh, we can't have any students enter the building. Truthfully, this is probably the safest spot to be right now because there's only a handful of us in here and we all know each other and where we've been. And yeah. the, the cleaners are on uh, you know hyperactive duty, uh, cleaning everything down and there's hand sanitizer everywhere. So uh, to me, it doesn't bother me, but... Um, I, I'm fortunate. Like Scott said, I mean, I'm sure he would like to be in his building doing these things. And uh, so we're kind of fortunate to be able to do this. Um, and I, I do like the idea of recording stuff like Scott. I'm in the same boat as him because, and, and Kevin, because the, the students can watch anytime they want. If their bandwidth isn't great, they know that they can go somewhere and watch it and do it on their own time. Kevin, you said that you just described that you were having a webcam and you were doing some AC stuff. What software were you using? For broadcasting lectures, we're using WebEx. Okay. Um, as a university, we, just, we pay for it, you know, so it's, uh, it works pretty well. There, the students get, get the link, they sign on, and they're, they're watching you do this. Are you recording it for posterity? I am recording it. Uh, I made a little boo-boo and didn't quite uh, get the recording done properly. So, you know, this is our first week back. So we had spring break last week. Yeah, the students are, I post a link on the Brightspace page. They can click on it and instantly loads onto their phone, and all they have to do is join meeting. And it's, you know, uh, it has a uh, app built in, you know, you just download the app and, and they can see me really well. So last night I was trialing it out, you know, just going on my computer and then looking on my phone and the clarity was, was really good. The audio was good. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saving them for the kids that can't be there. And then I'm posting it immediately onto the Brightspace page. So what's admin saying to you guys, any idea of, is this another 30 days, which means that as instructors, you've really got to ramp this up and and the admin is saying, hey, we're really counting on you guys to uh, get get this batch graduated? Uh, we're, we're prepared for this to last the remainder of the semester for sure. Um, and, you know, education usually uh, is kind of case-by-case basis because there's the, the thing of instructor uh, academic freedom. So, um, ours is kind of a case-by-case basis by course and by uh, instructor at this point. Um, most of the instructors are seeing it the same way as trying to finish the second-year students and get them on their way uh, to get a degree uh, in, in any way that we can. For those that aren't participating as far as the student goes, we, all, we also are offering incompletes, which um, they'll have to finish, and it's basically you're making a, um, I guess, uh, 
a contract with the instructor for a better term um, that you, you make a contract with the instructor and you have to fulfill that contract somehow. So that might be come in the summertime. That might be come next semester. It could be anything. Um, it could be assignments, but you have to do something to, to finish that uh, incomplete. Boy, that's a Vinny. That's a that is an option at our school as well, and I never thought about it like that. I think that could work. You know, say that we just, you know, this isn't what we're doing, but let's just say that we just put a pause on the semester and come back and finish it up. But I just don't think that's going to be realistic. But we're in the same boat. You know, we're we're on total rest of the semester. We are going online, so it's that's where we're at. Yeah, we're the same thing. Rest of the semester to May. 15th, 19th, whenever our semester ends, we're supposed to be all online. Students aren't going to be allowed on campus, um, except for maybe if they have to go to some administrative office, but not, not for classes or anything like that. Uh, and like I said, currently, faculty is not even allowed on campus. So we're waiting, hopefully in a couple of weeks, they'll let us back on campus so we can at least do some of the stuff we need to do in our office or our classroom. Otherwise, I'm stuck at home trying to do it all from home, or I'm going to go uh, I'll keep my mouth shut there. Okay, but <laughs> break the rules. Let's put it that way. Okay, but Scott, if you were on campus as an instructor, the tools and the facility there would help you get this instruction up, out, and done. I have a feeling I kind of be on my own, but I would have access to more, you know, show and tell pieces to make a video to you know vehicles. I could go underneath the hood with a, a camera. I mean, how many times? Do you want me to go in my garage if you're a student and open the hood of my Ford Transit Connect mobile vehicle and look at the same thing over and over again? Got to have a little variety and see a couple different cars. Guys, is this going to change um, how, how we instruct in the future? Do you think this is kind of a watershed moment? My experience has been that uh, in career tech, but automotive specifically, the at least at my school, the automotive instructors use things like Brightspace D2L, Blackboard, things of that nature. We use Brightspace a, a, a little bit, right? Not to its fullest extent. And I'm guilty of that as well. I use it for certain things. Uh, now it's forcing us to get better with it. So next semester, next year, we might have more tools that we're familiar with. The learning curve will be out of the way. And we, we might, in general, as an industry, be using more online stuff that we're not used to, but we still can't do it all online, right? We still, as we agreed from earlier in the conversation, there's got to be that hands-on component. This is a lot different than when I go out in the industry and talk for three hours to a group of 50 people. You guys know that. It's a, it's a lot different when you got tw whatever your class is capped at, 12, 15, whatever, and you're actually on the vehicles, Big, big difference. And those first couple of years, they definitely need that hands-on, that shop time. They have yeah, to. How, how are they going to learn uh, what a cross-threaded bolt is or taking a connector off? I mean, like you, you get that list going and it's pretty, mm -hmm. it's pretty ugly. So um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Brightspace minimalist. I'll be honest, you know, the grade tool, the content area was my baby. You know, that's pretty, yep. put everything on there so they could see where they're at. Otherwise, you know, all of my assignments are proprietary. A lot of them I made my own. So I've there, it's hard for them to go and take those and do it because they don't have the equipment or the cars. So it's in essence, we cannot do this without hands-on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's actually another issue. It's not necessarily hands-on, but access, access to a building to do hands-on is where this was kind of coming from is 
some of I, I also did some of my tests and quizzes myself. And I'll purposely put questions in that have to do with a specific vehicle that forces them to go to the computer and use all data or on demand or something and look up service information to answer the particular question. Uh If they don't have access to the school building, they don't have access to the service information. So now my test questions are no good. So I have to go through and rewrite test questions because they're not going to have access to, you know, look up a particular technical service bulletin or a repair procedure or find a resistance specification for a fuel injector or whatever it may be. Otherwise they'll be Googling it and they may or may not get the right information. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, It it definitely will never go all hands-on. I mean, I'm sorry, all virtual or all web-based. You always have to have the hands-on component. And like Scott mentioned, there's a huge disparity between industry people already and going out and speaking to industry and then, you know, you already have people that are, are uh, already have experience and to have a brand new student come in and try to explain the same things to them is a, is a lot different. Um, once you instruct, especially like a first year group, you really realize like stuff can be broken and uh, come out in a really, really strange way once you deal with new students. And uh, uh, you have to be prepared for that stuff and they have to experience that. So if they're not experiencing that, like cross their bolt or you know, connector repair, connector removal, like Kevin said, uh, that'll never be web-based. Um, and I'm a big web-based person for some things. I love the Electude. I love the manufacturer's web-based training that we do. We also do Super Review. Um, and my students currently are all employed in the industry at uh, a dealership. So they all uh, are either working for Nissan, Toyota, GM, Ford, whoever. And so they're getting their manufacturer's web-based stuff too. So uh, that, that's helping me out a little bit right now. I just want to share one more thing. Um, I'm a millennial, obviously. I'm the youngest guy in the group here. And uh, I have all of my freshman students on a Snapchat group. So what we use that for is we'll post videos of things we're doing in class or things outside of class. And so I I had a discussion this morning with them and said, you know, some of you guys that are going to work, take pictures of replacing shocks, putting in new shocks. Like that will count. You did that. So... You know, this is where everybody's getting really creative and, and trying to come up with these different these different things. And even the other thing I thought of, you know, if we could go live with this, with the students in the lab, and let's just say I need to put those new shocks on, they could maybe guide me, be like, hey, Holsworth, you need to go get a 19 millimeter socket to take the, you know, both the upper and lower bolts off or whatever it is. So I've, you know, ideas are great, but until you execute, you don't really know what, what the result's going to be. So... Another thing you could do, and this doesn't help with all your students, but if you have students employed in the industry, as Vin was saying, that, that made me think of it, is if you could communicate with their shop foreman or, or whatever the case, let's say they had a lab to do in steering and suspension class, and they needed to re- replace a ball joint for a NATEF or ASC task, okay? Um, you could easily, if the, if the shop foreman was receptive to this, say, hey, this this student did replace this ball joint on this particular vehicle, sign off on it. And then the instructor can go, okay, cool. You get credit for this actual lab. So they're, they're doing it on a customer's car. They have supervision, hopefully from other techs and stuff in the, in the shop to make sure they do it correctly, but they can get credit for it without you having to worry about it. So it, just a thought, you, you said all your students were employed. Does that really mean all of them? Yeah. Well, yeah. All of them in my class. So like general okay. auto, it's not, uh, the 12 that I have are all, uh, dealership co-op employees. 
Um, so they, they work, they're with me for 10 weeks and then they're gone for 10 weeks. So um, it, it works well in that because uh, what I'm a big fan of uh, doing all real live work. So uh, as far as like the program's concerned that I do, uh, we typically schedule appointments and we run it kind of like a shop. You know, I try to keep it content based for whatever curriculum we're in at the time, whatever course, and we have our own uh, Google page. So we literally take a Google Gmail, we communicate with the Google Gmail, the students communicate with customers, and then we build um, uh, albums basically on every car that we work on. So uh, number one, that album is communicated to the customer easily, uh, whoever's car it is that we're working on. And number two, it's content for me. Um, so I, I have students that are in charge of that stuff. Um, Sometimes I do it like this last time I did it by teams. We had four teams of three and each person had their own little area. I had a quality control person that was, you know, always interested or concentrating on quality control, making sure everything went out correct. And then there was another person that was like the media type person that would record, take pictures, add uh, info to the pictures. Um, and then they could, then there was one person that communicated to uh, whoever's car we we're working on. So um, that, that just gives us the ability to uh, take that content that the students are making, like Kevin's proposing. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I never really took it that next step where I said, hey, let's put you guys to work and you guys share the stuff that you're doing at work with us. So uh, that might be next. That's a great idea that Kevin has there. Wow. I have to tell you something. Uh, I am so proud to have facilitated this exchange of ideas among educators in our industry. And I've got to get this published as soon as I can, because there's a thousands and thousands of instructors and students out there that uh, probably need this idea exchange themselves. A final thought here, texting, emailing students, the, the total engagement side, what's going on? School email is always uh, a kind of a sore spot for students uh, that I found. They don't, they don't really communicate through school email very well. So uh, my students, like I said, I only have 12. So we're on a group text. We communicate that way. And then when I need to send them stuff through the email, uh, I'll, I'll literally, you know, usually tell them, hey, just so you know, be watching for your email because I'm going to be sending a lot of stuff. And I throw stuff up on Blackboard. Um, so they get notifications on Blackboard whenever... Uh, something goes up, they get a notification for that course, uh, which is helpful. Um, and they do have a Blackboard app that they get stuff from. Uh, it's not the greatest. It doesn't work always the best, but uh, we have multiple ways to communicate. Vinny, are you finding uh, 100% acceptance? Or can you tell me where you're at? As far as the online stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so far so good. Oh, um, good. The benefit that I've had, I've used the Blackboard course all along, so not much has changed there. Um, they're not learning something new. They don't have to manipulate a new program or software. Uh, and I've just recently this semester, I've already got them acclimated to Electude. They've already done manufacturer's training, so they're all up on that. So between the things that are incorporated into the online version, which is the manufacturer's training, the Electude, and the Blackboard with live, uh, well, recordings of PowerPoints, uh, they're already on it. So not much has changed for us. Uh, it hasn't been dramatic, at, at least. I was hoping to learn from this, and I am learning from this, because we're on spring break right now. Ooh. So I don't start teaching online or virtual until Monday. Well, Tuesday, actually. So I, I have to contact my students probably tomorrow or Monday and let them know what's going on. So I haven't gone that extra step yet of 
do I call them for my number and give them my cell phone number? Do I email them for my school email? Do I get a, I think it's called a Google number. You can get a phone number that way, you know, then they don't have my number. Some, I, I, I don't mind giving my phone number to some of my students, but some of them I'm not sure I should because yeah. I'm pretty sure they won't leave me alone. So yeah, some, some teachers are a little nervous about that. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. So, but there's going to have to be an open communication channel sooner than later in my case. I haven't experienced it yet, but it's coming pretty quick. Yeah, this whole Generation Z, they they don't adopt or, you know, they really don't take in the email part. But, you know, I told them in, the, in this, you know, Snapchat thing, whatever, you know, you can communicate through here. I've, I give them my, my phone number in the syllabus. Uh, everybody's been really respectful of it. And uh, they've been communicating like, hey, I don't really know how to do this. And so I can coach them through it. And, you know, another thing that we're dealing with right now is, is fall registration. So getting students all their authentic numbers for registering and all the CRNs. So that's the new hurdle this week. Well, guys, I tell you, this was this was uh, amazing. Thank you so much for being here. We actually have a series carved out on my website called Automotive Students Must Listen. Of course, this will go into that bucket. I think there's about 70 or 80 episodes that uh, have the kind of uh, flavor or focus that uh, educators and students would, would like to listen to, to learn and understand all about the automotive aftermarket and uh, independent shops and technicians. You had mentioned uh, Scott uh, Scanner Danner uh, has been on the show before, episode 351, 464, and 492. And also, you mentioned Halderman. James Halderman has been on the show in the Town Hall Academy 087. So, it's nice when people drop names that I could drop them back at you. Thank you all so much for being here on this unbelievable update. And, you know, if, if this thing goes on for a, a while longer and you guys learn more things, maybe we should do part two. Thanks to Kevin Holsworth, automotive instructor at Montana State University. Vinny Laverti. Instructor Automotive Technology at the State University of New York, Erie Community College, Orchard Park, New York, and Scott Shotton from Kishwaukee College. Instructor, drivability guys, mobile dia guy, and Kevin, you're a mobile dia AC guy too, right? Thanks, everyone. Yeah, super exciting. Thanks, Thanks for uh, taking it on. Thanks again to the companies that are sharing their information for free to help all the instructors and the students too as well. Well, well said. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.